எல்லாம் சேர்ந்து வாட்சிங் லைவ் ரை ஒரு <laughs> <laughs> Our guest today is Akriti Rawal. Akriti is the founder of House of Chicken Curry, a D2C brand. You may also know Akriti from her appearance in Shark Tank season 2 where the mother-daughter duo became an instant phenom. Today's conversation is about how anyone can become an entrepreneur by applying some basic fundamentals of business and a lot of perseverance. We hope you enjoy this episode of First Unicorn Chats. Akriti, welcome to First Unicorn Jets. How are you doing? Hi Raj, thanks so much for having me. I'm great, how are you? I'm doing well. So, since the last time we met, you've become a minor celebrity. So, how is that? How is dealing with all that popularity which has come along? I'm no, sharp bag. I don't think I'm a celebrity yet. But, yeah, I mean, the last time we met, I think we just started House of Chicken Curry. And I think we're now two years into the business after Shark Tank. and it's been great i think i'm living in a pre uh, sorry post shark tank world i always tell people that pre shark tank like my life was really different now i'm in a fantasy world and like dreams we thought would come true to our with years down the line uh, we're living those dreams so it's a lot of uh, i mean good things happening but a lot of challenges as well i'm sure yeah but uh, if i may say this right even before the entire shark tank thing happened um you were very uh, you know enthusiastic and upbeat about uh, about house of chicken curry right and the reason i remember this is because uh, the first time uh, my wife and you met um you you are she asked you what do you do and you uh, you like oh we have an instagram page called house of chicken curry and she's like i follow you and you you both had then met as if you're like long lost sister right so uh has that motivation only led them born to the next level uh, like it definitely has like i remember uh, when i met rishaka it was one of the early days like right so i think our followers must be around 10 12000 so someone coming and telling me that the followers was a very big deal for me because i used to like think oh people know us right and we were just an instagram brand we were not a website at the time and for someone to actually know our brand and you know followers it just like i just felt really excited that you know someone already like knows the brand So I told her I feel really happy when someone comes and says that to me because I feel like we've done something right, you know. So that's pretty exciting, and I think yeah, it's definitely gone up, and not just for me for the entire team now. So everyone's super excited, super pumped for the next leg of growth. Very interesting. We take one step back, right? Uh, for the for the people who don't know, what is exact? What is chicken curry exactly? So chicken curry is a, a handwork embroidery art form. it's not a fabric uh, contrary to what people think it is it is an embroidery art form that's done on different fabrics it originates from lucknow uttar pradesh and villages around that so artisans around lucknow do it by hand and it is a labor intensive art form and uh, yeah i mean it is something that's been uh, around for generations it's been something that is traditionally uh, very unorganized it's supposed to be uh, known to be you know popular amongst women beyond like post the you know over 45 plus 
it's been something super unorganized it's been always available in local markets uh, there's not been uh, an organized uh, brand or organized way of uh, you know organized system around the art form in itself and that's where we come in that's how we started uh, we thought that there is a big gap on um, you know uh, customers receiving the right quality of chicken curry embroidery uh, awareness about the art form in itself and just i think the industry as a whole required a lot of organization uh, no one had done that before there were a few players trying to do it uh, but we saw a big gap and that's where we came in to you know make it more relevant uh, in an e-commerce organized structural way of also catering to a much younger and much uh, younger and yeah i would say contemporary uh, audience right like you we catering to an audience through our contemporary designs we're bringing like western silhouettes bringing a shirt or a corset or dress in chicken curry because it becomes more relevant for generations uh, moving forward right you wearing uh, chicken curry yeah i am right? i am <laughs> uh, and this is a very uh, maybe may seem like a very unnecessary question but i'm going to ask it anyway uh, what is the difference between mulmul and what you guys do Okay. Boy, and chicken curry. So, uh, I mean, Malmal Shop Malmal is the brand. The brand, yeah, right. Yeah. So, I mean, Malmal has been there for about five years now. They are uh, not. I mean, they're doing a lot of ethnic wear as well. Uh, I think the biggest difference is that we are uh, handwork oriented, and all the embroidery on our garments that is done is done by artisans by hand. So, uh, the chicken, especially like most of our designs, I would say, right? So. with malmal i think the embroidery is not hand it's machine work it looks quite similar visually probably but when someone who knows chicken curry and what we're trying to also do is educate the people on how you make sure what is machine and hand so our customers today can tell you what is a house of chicken curry a piece and what is a malmal piece because they are now educated they are you know our loyalists they know what the handwork is and how it looks different I think the primary difference is that I mean beyond that we're both catering in an ethnic wear segment, so there's a lot of obviously overlap as well. I'm sure uh, you know right now I'm asking this question in a relatively safe environment, but the last time I asked this in front of my wife, she was like, "You don't know this much." Sort of huge difference. I said, "Yeah, I'll ask, I'll ask Akriti directly." Uh, but we come back to the business side of things, right? Um, you guys started in uh, which year? 2020 October. So that was. 2020 October, so coming out of the first we moved lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a very interesting time, right? Because pre 2015, 2016, it was all about offline. Yeah, yeah. The word D two C was not really there. Yeah. So when you started, did you know that you were doing D two C, or was that something that kind of <laughs> came over time? I think it came over time. Uh, for us, like we just started. So like my mother is my co-founder. and she is uh, she's had crazy experience in textiles and production and just out of passion right so she was a homemaker for 22 years and i was a marketing major like i'd done my masters in marketing and i had a job at a fashion startup i knew i would do something on my own eventually but like i was on that hunt of finding the right product you know in the covid first wave i left my job because i was pretty sure that okay this is only time now i can start a business because i have too much time I'll never have this much time, and then I'm just gonna regret like not starting something. So I was on that hunt of a business idea for a very long time, and I think uh, I checked out every product, everything that's available on Alibaba. So I was, you know, in that zone that what is that one thing? And I was sure that I wanted to do something related to e-commerce. I want to have my own website. I want to be D to C, you know, without the term that ever came up in my head. I was sure that I wanted to do it like that because I think I. I still think that my forte always was marketing because you know I was a marketing major, so I thought there was a lot I could do around social media 
and organic community building. I thought that was my forty, and that's why I wanted to focus on having my own website and everything. So I just saw and like one fine day, like my mom just like someone one of one of the embroiders she knew for her personal work just told her that he wanted you know some extra work for himself, and that's how like it started. I was like, oh, hand embroidery. Okay, let me just read about it. So I just read about it. I came across chicken curry, and I just loved. I fell in love with it. And I saw like there was no brand like you know out there online. There was not that one brand standing out. And I told my mom that I think we should go to Lucknow. And um, my mom, you know, she was so passionate about the production side of things and textiles that she got really excited. Even though she had a slip disc at the time, and I told her how will we go? And if we don't go, we're gonna miss out on the festive season because we just decided to go to Lucknow and we said we're gonna launch in a month. Like it was like very quick. We didn't take time to like. Okay, think I found the gap. I mean, that was the only time we took. We took about one week, I would say, to you know realize that okay, there's a gap. We want to test it out. But when we start, so that's how it started. We went to Lucknow, and both of us just fell in love with what the art form is. And I mean, uh, the price at which you know people are willing to buy a hand embroidered piece, and the I think it just fit really well at the time. And we just thought we'll try it out, and we'll try it out with an Instagram page. We won't spend too much money. We won't open a website. You know, we'll just try and we'll see what happens. And we started. I think we went in August 2020. In October, we launched the brand. The first shoot was done on my best friend's with an iPhone. And my best friend, she kept telling me, "Spend on a shoot." I was like, "I'm not spending on a shoot." You know. So we started very organically. Like I was very, very conservative in spending money. We, like we, we. It was later. I think after a year or so, that my dad put in some money when we decided that okay, we want to scale now. And we got that validation. But when we started on, we took all these calls like. iphone shoots on my best friends and like all of them all of them were telling me like you know you should like maybe consider a professional shoot because i don't know if this will sell and i was like okay we'll do it when i have the money you know i'll do a shoot with the money the business makes i don't want to like put in more to like gain that validation so i think that's how it just started and it was i think just very organic and everything just fell into place and then we just kept taking you know a new call every day as we grew and the first month i think we did 5 lakhs in sales and I think I was like over the moon because I never imagined. I think we did about hundred orders if I'm not wrong, or less than. I think a little more than hundred. And uh, how much did you last month? So, last <laughs> we did approximately three crores. Oh my god! And uh, how much of that was Shark Tank effect? So Shark Tank effect did last about a week or two. I would say like the massive boost that comes in with Shark Tank, right? So two weeks I'm at. Like you don't have the time. You're just like, and like I have screenshots of like all the data from my Shopify website, like the traffic that's coming in, the orders that's coming in, and it's unreal. Like you know, I and you want it every day, right? And that's the thing, like because you see it, you want it every day, and then obviously, like after two weeks, you know, it dies down a bit, it slows down a bit, and then the real challenge becomes to retain that traffic and continuously, you know, grow from there. I think that's the challenge that comes with it. Also, inventory management. Like you get to know three days before that your episode is airing, you can't possibly prepare for the inventory. Right. So what do you do? I mean, so we launched a lot of our collections that were planned. The episode came out in Jan, and a lot of our collections that were planned for the Feb launch, we had to launch it in Jan. There was no option. So by the end of Feb, we were out of stock, right? Because we launched everything that was planned for Feb in Jan. So you can't possibly prepare for this. I think for people like for us also, like we can't manufacture in two days. We're into a hand embroidered product. It takes time. You know the production cycle is more. So I think yeah, those were some of the challenges. And after that, we kind of just focused completely after the first month of Shark Tank, just focus on retaining whoever came, on improving you know the customer satisfaction to a level that people keep coming back. 
and I think retention became a priority for the next two three months. And yeah, I mean that's what it is. That's very interesting. We just dial that back a little bit, right? There's a few interesting concepts that uh, that you tapped tapped upon. One was obviously uh, the retention aspect, which is that there'll always be a bump up, yeah, right? because of uh, you know the yeah. the shark tank effect, right? Same thing happened with edtech companies during COVID. They saw a flush of yeah, yeah. liquidity and even uh, users coming on board, right? Yeah, but that didn't last, as you can see in the environment today. Yeah, right. Uh, um, but a lot of folks around that time kind of understood that, right? That this is not going yeah. to last forever. Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a sugar rush. So, how do you make that sugar ra- rush last from a retention yeah. perspective? Yeah. But the other side of it is also D- uh, DIOs, right? Which is days inventory outstanding. Yeah. So how do you kind of balance that, right? On one level, you want your inventory to get. Over. Yeah. Yeah. On the other hand, you have to fulfill that inventory. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you balance that with retention? Because uh, it kind of feeds into customer experience from there. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't have it, people want it now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how do you balance the two things? So I think like, we've become a lot better now from what we were two years back, right? I think when we started out, we didn't even know how to like cater to like more. Like I think. Like luckily, we've been in always in a situation where there's always more demand for us than the supply. We've always been that, so that's been a big challenge for us because we didn't want to grow rapidly. We didn't want. We knew that we had the demand, but we didn't want to like just blow it up. We wanted to take it easy because I've been very conservative. We were bootstrapped for the longest time, right? We're still like three point seven percent is the investment we got from Shark Tank, and that's all the investment we had. So I think the conservativeness in taking decisions also comes from that. You know, you are, you want to do the right thing. You want to okay increase your top line, but I think maintaining that sustainability, you know, having that conservative approach, I think that was a big reason. I still am very conservative, so my team sometimes really tells me to like you know go out there and like, increase the risk and everything, and we will eventually when the time comes and maybe when we raise a new round or something, whenever the time comes, right? Maybe we do it, but like as of now, we have an approach of having that sustainability in place. So it's okay, like you know, that comes with certain sacrifices. It comes with maybe we will not like restock certain products, right? You know, maybe we. So I think that comes with certain sacrifices, and to each its own. You decide how you want to build that company. You decide what's important to you. I think other than just uh, the profit sustainability, what's also important is the team sustainability for us, right? Uh, so we have about hundred people in our team today. We started with three people: my mother and I, and you know, a daughter of a domestic help and. She's now heading a department, like she's heading the quality check department with us. So, I think there's also a lot of people who are involved from our local community. Like you know, someone got their brother, someone got their sisters. We have a lot of people in operations. So I think you know, seeing them grow, it makes me and my mom really happy. And it's really important to us. Like four years down the line, we don't want to be someone who was laying off people because we were growing too fast. Right. Because it's really important to us that if they've grown with us, we're able to give them that growth even more. I think that's something very personal to both of us because we've seen their growth very up close, and I think yeah. So it just comes down to what really is important to you and how you want to build it. Correct. And you take it accordingly. You make the sacrifices accordingly. It's fine if you don't have inventory, but it's okay. But you also have obviously growth goals. It's not like you completely have no growth goals. We do have it, but you take each step. I think a little more conservatively than probably it was done for three to four years back. Right, right. When people were just burning and putting in all the money. Yeah, exactly. And um, that brings me to another interesting question, right? Um, you guys raised in uh, January twenty three. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Uh, 
and that's basically after after that uh, sorry the episode aired in 23 yeah episode aired in 23 and basically after that is when the funding winter started right yeah until then it was just that hey uh, if i have sales growth at all costs yeah the capital will be available for me yeah yeah right what was the first time that you actually thought about fundraising external fundraising i actually never i was just so busy doing my job i never thought about it i never honestly thought that uh, i thought about it like i thought that okay maybe we'll go for it eventually when things get better but things never got better like you know when the work is less you keep thinking okay when work is a little less you know i'll think about it so i think that was uh, a lot of uh, interest came to us itself and i think that taught me a lot uh, i spoke to a few people who were involved in investing in d2c startups uh, in fashion particularly before shark tank so i think uh, i'd spoken to a uh, tirasu model player like back in jan 21 uh 21 no 22 22 yeah jan 22 and that was the first time you know i ever like pitched to someone or i understood what it was and it came to us itself and i just like kind of understood what it is what the space is and i was really scared i still remember like oh my god i can't even like before the pitch like you know i had like I had a nervous breakdown. I think, yeah. So that was the first time it happened, and then we spoke to a few more, and everything just came to us itself. We were speaking to another one just before we got selected for the final pitch of Shark Tank. So that didn't go through because I was like, okay, now I have to wait. Now I want to go on Shark Tank, and then I want to see what happens and like what it is because we knew that the business would gain a lot of publicity as well. So a lot of it came to us in our case itself, and it was not a well conscious decision. Shark Tank was also something. I was not personally ready for I was not ready to go out there and just reveal everything about the company there was a lot of competition coming up like you know I was just like so busy doing my thing that I didn't I didn't know if sharing it publicly on the national television is what I want to do but my team was really sure about it like they really pressured me they filled the first form like you know without like kind of telling me right so uh that was pretty good I think because they'd also seen a participant from Shark Tank season 1 and uh, they knew up close and you know they knew the business like really went up and the business really it was really at the business so there was a lot of pressure from my team to apply and that's how it happened and I mean I still thank them because I think it's the best thing to ever happen to you know my mother and me and also the team everyone equally so definitely yeah, I mean that and we never thought of it consciously but then eventually as we got into the process of Shark Tank there were four rounds Right. So by the time the second and third round came, I sort of started getting this feeling that okay, I want this now. Like you know, and more than fundraising, Shark Tank like involved you know being uh, attached to people who were well networked, Piyush Bansal, Aman Gupta, all the other sharks as well. Right. So I think that became really important. Okay, we, I finally have someone I can go to my problems with, because sometimes I don't know who to go to. Right. So I need that mentorship. So I think I got really excited that okay, I need that someone now because if I have to take the business to the next. level i think it's really important and then uh like funding of course that comes with it but i think funding for in our case was like not the major criteria it was always mentorship first because we had become profitable by the second year so we were kind of reinvesting everything the business was making back into the business right right so it was not the first criteria i would say of course it does help towards growth it was i think uh, the mentorship and the publicity the brand gets right like the story you take that story we would run after people i think uh, two years back we would like write emails to publications that you know feature us feature us no one would feature us not even a single person and we would keep telling them that you know it's an artisanal product there's a like artisan actually making it we can like get you pictures videos like you, the story is really good and then like of course my mom coming back to work after 22 years like you know so it it wasn't like 
it wasn't like a good story and there's nothing fake about it right like that it was all true so but no one responded to us you know we, we like i think we probably spent uh, sent around more than 50 emails to 50 publications in the last one and a half years pre shark tank and so all these things just get better right and after shark tank everyone wants to reach you and it just becomes easier i think you just get that tap off you know that okay you made it like you, no one cares if you made it before so it's just sad because you know you keep running after people but it really happens after they actually see it on a national television and then you know you get that support that okay like let's feature the story of the brand or who the team is or whatever they're doing right you know uh, you also mentioned that it's kind of underwing putting your business and your numbers out there yeah a lot of founders doing that right and uh, so in my banking career and in vc right a lot of founders early stage founders would be like uh, yaar hamara my numbers nahi dikhne chahiye kisi ko and i never understood that because one of the things that uh, you know the indian consumer uh, is kind of blamed for is not being loyal right but there's a uh, there's a coordination between uh, recurring revenues and how much the customer trusts you yeah yeah right so and and the reason i bring this up is when i was watching your episode i was having this conversation right which is that hey and loko that really talk about my sare numbers batate hue yeah yeah and that's when i and uh, i told my wife that look uh, they're also giving an indicator of quality right that yeah. they have grown as much as they have and yeah. have done it sustainably and they've done it on their own yeah. while employing all of these women right which yeah. she has got from tier 2 to tier 3 yeah. yeah right uh, so the thing is that maybe they are not realizing as if you guys did but uh, you're actually building uh, you know just brand love uh, through all of that yeah, i mean shaktan i think the biggest uh, benefit in terms of towards the brand monetary separate because it lasted one or two weeks probably and then they had to retain it i think the qualitative aspect is something that you cannot even like put into monetary terms right the benefit of like our customers like messaging us and emailing us that okay like give map on rats to akriti and poonam we follow them since they had like zero followers or thousand followers so you know messages like this like i think they made all the difference to us and uh, people commenting on our posts that okay you know we've been seeing you since the start we it's so good to try your products before shark tank because now everyone else will but we have tried it before shark tank so you know just messages like this you know that community feeling that you get i think that's a uh, amazing it makes you feel that you're doing something right but yeah i mean putting your numbers out there it's really scary it is really scary and i don't think there is i mean there's no like like i don't know maybe it's like nazar or something you know how we like say it at like in our households like uh, i don't know sorry my mom says that so like if she puts it in my head but for me it's not that for me it's just like you know just focus in you know, on one thing there's too many people out focusing on what others are doing So I just feel that I was always, you know, I had this mentality that I don't want to share anything what I'm doing. I want to do my thing, but I don't want to know what others are doing. You know, I want to do my thing. I just want to work hard. So I just feel that I don't want anyone to think about my work because I don't think about this. But you know, when you go out, you share so much information. Like, of course, like you know, there's you no know, competition that comes up. Pre-shark tank, the chicken curry industry in general was already growing because of COVID. The unorganized uh, sector it went, you know, to and e-commerce it's a solution so there were a lot of new brands coming in when we started i think there were namely three like and now today there's every second day there's a new chicken curry brand and poor shark tank it's just gone i think it's doubled every day there's two i see you know and of course like you know i'm not saying that they're looking at us and copying us but i'm just saying that the industry as a whole has really opened up because of e-commerce and then a national television 
taking an art form, you know, selecting a brand, be it us or someone else, you know, selecting an art form uh, like us, it just makes people feel there's an opportunity. Right. And it's not just us, probably other startups that came in felt the same, right? Like there's a lot of uh, other industries that came in, so I'm pretty sure it's the same. But I can just so, talk for my industry, what I have experienced was happening post shark and so it happens, right? And you see designs being copied left, right and center, what you're wearing on Shark Tank, your pictures being used. So there's a lot of things, challenges that come with that visibility also. Correct. Uh, but also now with the government support which is coming through, right, even for, uh, you know, MSMEs and yeah. other industries, smaller companies, the competition is about to rise. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How do you think something like an ONDC plays into that? I know it's more for the e-commerce yeah. marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are more organic. Yeah. Uh, but how do you think that ONDC is going to affect your particular space? So we've been actually in talks with ONDC for a while now and we will probably onboard on ONDC pretty soon. Uh, currently, they're mainly retail-oriented where food and grocery, I think, is really doing well for them. Uh, but uh, I think it's a super good opportunity uh, for small businesses in that industry for now. Fashion maybe eventually grows and we are currently only on our website, but... Oh, when we do decide to be, you know, expand our channels, uh, I think uh, it could help. And ONDC fits really well for a brand like us, I also feel, because it's not a marketplace, right? I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that, like, I've spoken to a few people and everyone thinks ONDC is a platform. So it's a network in itself, right? So it works well with the brand, I would say, uh, image or uh, the branding that our brand has because uh, it allows us to be present as House of Chicken Curry, you know, ship the products through our warehouse, have our own logistics have everything under our name, but yet gain, I think, a better reach through, uh, like, these, uh, a better customer reach, customers discovering us through new places, and also at a lower cost, much lower cost, actually. So that's how I think it fits for us, and it makes sense for a brand like us, because it allows us to keep that branding intact, and allows us to have the control, because on marketplaces, a lot of them, you know, do have high commissions, number one, they also are very discount-led, so discounts are given even though a brand may not want to, for example. So you can keep that control on your brand, I think, with ONDC because essentially it's just a network for bigger reach for you. Right. So I think that's uh, pretty good. And uh, we will we will onboard on it for sure because it's just a matter of time. They're doing very well on retail. And I think uh, the challenge though is that obviously because they're still new, there's a lot of teething issues. A lot of people, I think, face early on issues like food delivery, not being able, not being able to track that yeah. and not being able to have that proper seamless tech that, you know, obviously giants have, giant marketplaces have. So I think that will be a problem for a while. But uh, I think it will get better. And the biggest advantage is that reach that a small brand or a growing brand can get. True. I think uh, you can't expect them to be yeah. on like a Flipkart or an Amazon yeah. in terms of the entire network right off the bat. Yeah. Right? yeah. But what, uh, what the government has shown is that they have the potential, right? Yeah. Into UPI. Right? Yeah. They did get all of those networks in place, which is not yeah. like the number one thing in the world yeah. uh, from a financial system perspective, right? Uh, speaking of financial systems, uh, one of the things that, you know, the ecosystem has been facing a lot of is um, corporate governance issues, right? Prawns within startups. Hmm. And uh, that is more so when, you know, uh, startups have raised more capital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is there to kind of uh, play with. Uh, you guys have just kind of taken basically the money that you needed and taken that and grown, right? Do you feel at some point that, you know, uh, those guys, you know, they did have advantage because they had that capital uh, to be with? 
I mean, I mean, capital does make a lot of your, I mean, growth vision and growth dreams come sooner, right? Like, but it comes, I think, with its at its own cost. Or uh, what you intend to do in the next three years, you probably have to do with that much capital in six months. Right. So it also comes with, I think, results that you have to show. And I just feel that you have to just sit back and analyze as a founder that what is that route you want to take. Like if you want to run on that treadmill, you do. It's fair enough. But when do you want to do it? I think that matters. You have to decide when do you when are you ready? You know to uh, show that growth at a much faster pace. So I think uh, if you think of it like that, I feel it's okay. Yeah, they did have an advantage, but I will also when I decide to raise. Correct. Right. So if I'm choosing not to raise a bigger round or take just the amount I want, it's a more uh, personal decision because there may be certain systems internally that I want to fix first. That's how I think, right? Like that I don't want to just pressurize the team, hire hundred more people, and just increase the operations overnight. So uh, that's how I think that sustainability and processes being in place is really important because at scale, changing any process becomes even more difficult. And we're facing that now. I mean, the systems we didn't put in place from day one because we didn't have the money or the funds, you know, all the tech systems that we're putting in place now, it takes a toll on our brain because we're doing it, you know, while the dispatches are on or while the inventory has already increased to so much. So I think it's really important to focus on the processes uh, while you're like trying to raise capital and it because it comes with a lot of pressure. It does come with a result. Uh, I mean, pressure to prove, uh, you know, get those results in a shorter time, no matter what you say, because if someone's putting in money, they do want the return, right? Right. So I think it's really important to look at it from that perspective also. Yeah, it's very true. And I was, uh, interestingly, I was having this conversation with one of my portfolio founders where, uh, you know, he raised a huge sum of money at the time. And uh, and I was telling him, and he's growing extremely fast, right? Um, and I think at the time that we invested earlier, he was at like a 50 lakh rupee revenue. Uh, and then the second round, he was like at 70 crores plus annuals, right? So I told him this, that look, uh, the systems which work at one crore MRR, break down at two crores, then they break down at three crores. Yeah, right? Don't stress yourself out about that, yeah. but pre-plan it. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, that is what the advantage you have with the capital in the bank. Yeah. Right? Uh, but I think... People focus more on the capital raising than the yeah. capital deploying. Yeah. Right. And that's where the whole issue kind of comes up. Yeah. 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 Okay. The next uh, segment, we're going to, we're going to try a new segment this time. Right. Uh, this is basically questions from your friends. Okay. Wow. Which uh, they are, let's say they've been scared to ask you. Really? Which friends did you contact? Can uh, I do this? <laughs> maybe later. <laughs> They're not that bad, but here are very curious questions. Oh, right? wow. Uh, okay, we'll start with the first one. Do you plan to come to offline retail? Uh, I mean, eventually. Okay, that's a straight up answer. Do you consider collaborations with established designers for a limited connection? You could. Those are not very helpful answers, you know. I mean, you could just see the thing is that we're also in a, we're in a stage where we're doing so many things that all these ideas possibly may have been discussed or will be discussed. But what happens is that we do, we can't put a timeline as to when we'll do it. We we so we're keeping our brain open to everything, and we will obviously want to do a lot of these innovative things. But when is like very difficult to answer at the moment. Okay, fair enough. Um, if you had a buyout offer for House of Chicken Curry today. How much would you sell for? Today, I, I don't think I'm ready to sell today. I think I need some time. <laughs> I think yeah. I need some time. That's why it's a hypothetical. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine selling it right now. But uh, uh, I mean, I think it would be somewhere in the three digits. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, a hundred percent thing, right? A hundred percent thing. Yeah, thirty-six crore MRR. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, some waistline would be probably that. Anything over that is between me and the acquirer. In higher go. But no, I got my answer. Thank you. Um, another question now is uh, since House of Curry, uh, House of Chicken Curry is sitting between two segments, which is festive wear and everyday wear. Uh, where do you see the future going? Do you see going more upscale to like the Ritu Bhuma segment, or do you want to go more affordable? We definitely want to go more affordable because we feel that uh, like we, we we might have a range which is premium, but I think like how we will like scale is obviously you know becoming more affordable and having a Probably a range which is slightly lower. Fair enough. Um, next question: Do you think you would collaborate with a with a friend for a uh, for a project with Agar Chicken Curry? I would be open to, of course, yeah. I'll let them know. <laughs> okay, final question on this front, right? Uh, do you think the Shark Tank investment, the capital per se, it came at the exact right time, or do you think it should have happened sooner or later? What is your thought behind that? So, uh. A lot of people have asked me this question, like in my personal life also. So I just like to say I feel that like I'd like to explain this a bit, right? Like I think I I don't have any comments. I think it's the right time, whatever for us. For some people who may who required the capital, right, and did not go for another round because they got it in Shark Tank. For them, it was a problem. For us, it did not matter, as I said, because money was always a like secondary thing for us when we went for Shark Tank. We we were surviving and we were you know managing our funds and running the business, but. I know that a few people who wanted to go for rounds, they you know they couldn't because the capital. They were waiting for the capital to come in, and they thought they'll go for another round after. So it's been a. I think it's been quite difficult for them. In our case, I think it was fine, and it just went at the right pace. And maybe what happened in our case happened, you know, for the best. And I also feel this season, the scale of startups that was there was massive. Okay, like every second business was at a fifteen twenty crore revenue. Right. So the amount and this produces just as a few companies and you do it post the episode comes out. So the scale at which the due diligence was happening this year versus the last year it also increased the documentation and the amount of things that are required. So that takes time. How much was uh, was the time between the time that you guys uh, shot and got the offer? So the closure when the money. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, four months we shot in October. In October, we, the episode came in in Jan. And I think about three to four months after for the due diligence to be completed. And I think that because the world there's a lot of volume they got these guys has right. So I think what people have to also realize is Shark Tank is not like a normal fundraise anyway. The valuations you get are different. You know the concept is different. The visibility the brand gets is not like any other fundraise round. So you can't expect the procedures that happen outside to exactly be the same. They have a lot of volume to cater to. I see. Yeah, but even now you know um, due diligence is art. Taking time, even today they're taking yeah. at least three months. Now it's longer, yeah, because that there's a trust deficit suddenly. Yeah, right. Yeah, because of all the corporate yeah. finance issues. Uh, but I think that's uh, yeah topic altogether. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next one. Yeah. Next segment is is that you agree or disagree with the following statement? Yes or no? Both. Right? Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, simple. Yeah. I think. <laughs> oh, it's not complicated. What simple? Yeah. <laughs> I can say maybe also. No. Yeah. What is middle ground? Uh. India will be a ten trillion dollar economy by twenty thirty. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Without funding, most B two C brands in India in the next twelve months would die. I mean, uh, I don't know if they die in one year, but 
it's going to be tough like people have to focus on the right things i would say then you would leave a party or a wedding to go and work i know i know the actual answer to this huh have i done this yeah i probably have done it i have done it you have i have done it yeah, i would i think i would i would like no. there's no option it depends on what the work is but i would see investor she's so honest give her your money <laughs> All right, last one. Uh, we will see more startup frauds emerge in the next few months. Uh, I mean, no, I don't think so. I think now that the focus is uh, a lot on doing things right, like you know, you see around what people are sharing and like how the focus is on building it sustainably. Like, so I think from a founder perspective, also the psychology will change and people will be wary of like doing right. frauds, like before. Problem. But the thing is that. Uh, emerge right so the ones who've already been doing it yeah i mean i can't comment on that but what i feel is like new startups and people who are like now seeing like you know what's being said around and how people are talking about startups and yeah. funding and everything i think you are more like wary of doing you know any fraud and you want to do things the right way so i mean that's i can just talk from my perspective but that's what i feel that's fair but i think yeah. uh, all of these things actually come up when liquidity is low yeah right? there's so much capital in the bank it's there's lesser intent to you know uh, ding deeper huh, right i just feel that for the previous guys who like raise money in 2020 2021 uh, if there's anything now it's going to start emerging even more because yeah. i think investors will also try to clean up the books right like yeah. uh, let's let's mark down the portfolio for a quarter but get all the shit out yeah yeah so that is my perspective yeah. from being an insider <laughs> okay last segment right uh, first word that comes to mind okay <laughs> When I say chicken curry, like now, Shark Tank investment. I was gonna say Piyush and Aman, but that was two words. So money, uh, contentment, London, college, <laughs> entrepreneurship, resilience. That's an excellent answer. Akshay, thank you so much for being with us. And thanks so much again. Thank you so much. I had a great time. <laughs> Three things we learned from our conversation with Akshay. Number one is the age of the creator entrepreneur. Your ability to sell online is at half strength if you haven't learned the use of social media. Number 2. As a founder, you have to become comfortable with taking calculated risks. Often being conservative is the bigger risk. Number 3. The systems that you have in place at 1 crore revenue may not work at 2 crores and the ones you have at 2 crores might not work at 3. Your processes and businesses have to evolve at the same pace. Thank you for watching. and for more such insightful discussions like share and subscribe